Amen. If you really believe that, why don't you just clap your hands to the Lord right now? Nothing shall be impossible. With man it's impossible, but with God, I said, but with God, nothing is impossible. If you believe it, would you give God a shout? Hallelujah. Somebody give your neighbor a high five and say, I don't know about you, but I feel the Holy Ghost in church this morning. Come on, ask him, do you feel that? Hallelujah. Amen. What an awesome privilege it is to be in the house of God today. How many love the Lord this morning? Such an awesome thing to walk into the presence of God and be with such amazing people. Isn't the church an amazing thing? There is nothing like the church of the living God. What an honor it is to be here with you this morning. What an honor it is to stand before you today. How many know that we serve an awesome God? There's nobody like him. Give honor to our pastor today. And uh, he's like a father to me. I love him so much. How many love your pastor? He's, thank God for his leadership. I give honor to him today. And uh, I would be remiss not to say, even though it has been mentioned many times, It's good to see brother and sister Cole in the house today. And I'll be honest with you. I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I just, I'm I'm not okay with this. I can't live without brother Cole. I can't do it. So I'm not taking credit or anything, but, but I'm glad to see you in the house today. How many knows God answers prayer? If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter 8 and verse 22. Mark chapter 8 and verse 22. And if you're there, can you say amen? It says this. And he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him, and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man, can you say the blind man? By the hand, and he led him out of town. When he had spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw And he looked up and he said, I see men as trees walking. Somebody say it was blurry. After that, he put his hands again. Can you say the second time? He put his hands again upon his eyes and he made him look up and he was restored and he saw every man clearly. I believe there is a special anointing of the Holy Ghost in the house today. I believe there's a lot of people here that have been touched by God in a mighty way. But I came to you to tell you in the Holy Ghost, God wants to touch you again this morning. And God has a mighty work to do. I want to preach to you this morning on this subject. When second is better than first. Why don't you put your Bibles down and would you lift up your hands and... What do you say we just start this thing right? And could you just lift up your voice? I don't want you to wait for the altar call this morning. You don't have to wait on anything. What do you say we just start this thing off right? However you want to do it, clap your hands, shout unto God, just thank him. However you like to praise him, I'm not worried about it. As long as God's getting the glory, as long as Jesus is being magnified, come on, just lift him up for just a second. We're going to prepare the atmosphere for God to move in this place. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Not only did Jesus feed the 4,000, but the Bible says that they gathered seven baskets full of leftovers. 
They had just seen the supernatural power of God. And straightway, Jesus and the disciples entered into the ship to head to Bethsaida. Imagine the faith and hope that the disciples had had, having just seen Jesus feed 4,000 people with just seven little loaves of bread. And the Bible says that they entered into the ship, and Scripture tells us in Mark chapter 8 and verse 14, now the disciples had forgotten to take bread, neither had they in the ship with them more than one loaf. Can you say one piece of bread? Scripture goes on to tell us that the, dis- the disciples are embarrassed and they are concerned that they forgot to buy groceries for their trip with Jesus. They were embarrassed. And Mark 8 and 17 says when Jesus figured out about it, it says when Jesus knew it, he said to them, why reason ye because ye have no bread? Perceive ye not yet, neither understand. Have your hearts hardened? In verse 18, he says, having eyes see ye not, and having ears hear ye not, and do you not remember? Jesus could not believe what he was hearing. Jesus just fed 4,000 people with seven little loaves of bread, and they're worried that they won't have enough food for their journey. Jesus was telling them, if I can feed 4,000 people, you better believe that I can feed my disciples. If I can do it for them, then I can do it for you. And he was telling them, you may just have one loaf of bread, but I can take it and I can multiply it. You just saw me do it. They had just seen it with their own eyes. And Jesus was telling them, if I did it the first time, I can do it a second time. If I provided before, I can provide again. Can somebody shout again? Listen to me this morning when I say that the devil does not mind you knowing that God provided yesterday as long as he can convince you that God doesn't care about you today. But I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, if God's hold yesterday, you can trust him with today and you can trust him with tomorrow. And if he's the bread of life on the mountain, then he'll be the bread on the waves. The enemy will always use doubt and fear to try and cause blindness and spiritual short-term memory loss. Somebody say amen. God can do something for you so amazing. God can provide the miracle on Sunday night. You were in the altar. God had just answered your prayer. And on Monday morning, you're sitting there thinking, how am I going to eat? What am I going to do? And Jesus looks at you and says, I can't believe what I'm hearing. If I did it yesterday, you better believe that you can trust me with today. I wonder if I could get a witness in the house that would just give God some praise. If God ever brought you out of something, maybe you could help somebody else by a witness and say, he did it for me again. Somebody say yes. 
This backdrop is the segue into the miracle of the blind man. And the miracle recorded in the gospel of Mark is unlike any other miracle in scripture. Because the Bible says that the multitude brought a blind man from Bethsaida to Jesus. And they asked Jesus to touch him and heal him from his blindness. Mark 8 and 23. And they took the blind man by the hand and they led him out of town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked if he saw. And he looked up and he said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hands again. Can you shout again? Upon his eyes. And he made him look up. And he was restored. Somebody say he was restored. No doubt about it. And the Bible says that he saw every man clearly. Jesus touched the blind man and he could see, but everything was blurry. This was the first touch. But imagine with me for a minute this morning, if you can click into your imagination for a second. Imagine if the blind man, if his pride had gotten in the way and they were all watching and Jesus was watching. And Jesus touched him, and he could see, but everything was blurry. And Jesus looks at him and says, can you see? And he just pretends that he sees just fine. Because he's too proud to admit that things are a little bit blurry, that, that everything isn't the way it's supposed to be just yet. That everything, uh, you touched me, Jesus, but everything's not just right just yet. There's still a little, he said, I see men as trees walking. Why would he pretend and be okay with partial vision when he knows without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus can touch him again and he could see everything the way that everybody else can see it? There are people here this morning that live in a spiritual blur because God touched you a long time ago and you've pretended to be perfect ever since. But God is looking for some honest believers in the sanctuary that'll say, thank God he touched me the first time, but I'm not too proud to stand up and say, I need you to touch me again. The spirit of pride is trying to slip into the apostolic church where we're too afraid to worship and we're too afraid to dance. But if you want to see Jesus, if you want to see him, you don't worry about what anybody thinks. If you believe it, would you clap your hands to the Lord? You may be seated. He said, I don't, I'm a little embarrassed, but I, I don't see everything right. It's a little blurry. He was a blind man that needed glasses. And all of a sudden, he says, I'm not worried about that. All I care about is that Jesus is here. And he can touch me again. I want to see you, God. With God, second can be better than first. Vision may be blurry now, 
But if you'll give yourself to God again, if you'll repent again, if you'll shout again, if you'll dance again, if you'll worship again, some of you are so worried about the first time, you just need to do it again. Come on, somebody lift up your hands right now. We're going to break this thing. The spirit of pride has no place here. The spirit of the enemy has no place here. And in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I rebuke the spirit of pride. But the people of God today are not worried about what the enemy thinks. And we're not worried about what the world thinks. And we're not ashamed of the gospel. But I'll do it again. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to do it again. I know I've done it before. Tell him I'm going to do it again. And everybody said yes. God is going to help you see things clearly. Allow me to refer you to the greatest optometrist in history, Jesus Christ. If he can't help you see, nobody can. But I've got good news for you today. You came to the right place. You came to worship the right God. You came to lift up the right hands. And because you've done so, you have an opportunity today. To see Jesus like you've never seen him before. How many want to see Jesus like you've never seen him before? If he can't help you see, nobody can. He's the greatest optometrist of all time. And when you meet him, tell him Nathan sent you. I referred you. miracle of the blind man in Bethsaida is the only two-stage healing in scripture. Jesus could have healed him with one touch. How many knows Jesus doesn't make mistakes? He, Jesus didn't mess up and oh man, I messed that healing up. Man. Jesus could have healed him with one touch. That wasn't the problem. But you see, how many knows that Jesus never does anything without a reason? God always has a reason. He doesn't, God doesn't mess around. Did you know that? You know, some of us humans, we like to mess around. We beat around the book. Jesus is like, uh. He doesn't play games. When Jesus does something, he does it for a reason. But God was teaching his disciples a lesson. He was meeting the need and throwing the spiritual feed all at the same time. Parallel to the blind man, the disciples could finally see what Jesus was saying. Jesus was showing them afresh. You've seen my glory. You've seen me, you've seen me feed the 5,000. You've seen me feed the 4,000. But somewhere in between the mountain and the waves, you've doubted me. Somewhere your vision got blurred. But I can touch you again. Jesus was telling his disciples with the blind man, if you'll let me touch you again. I can help you see it the way that you saw it the first time. But you've got to give me a second. You've got to give me another chance to blow your mind. (laughs) Everybody said amen. 
if you'll give me a second, it will be better than the first time because God is the only one in history who offers a second alternative that's better than the first one. Dealing with the devil is a lot like playing baseball. The devil tries to get your focus on something else so he can steal second. First base is great, but second is a lot closer to home. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Some of y'all are so worried about who's on first, you sound like Abbott and Costello. Some of you are so concerned about who's ahead of you and who's doing better than you. you who's on first? Well, I don't care who's on first. Why are you so worried about who's ahead? We're all on the same team. We're all just trying to get home. Why are you worried about who's ahead? We're all just trying to go home. Everybody said jealousy, and the preacher ducked. Who cares who's on first? Who cares? We're all on the same team. We're all just trying to see Jesus. We're all just trying to make it on home. So quickly, can you say quickly? We move very quickly here. Quickly, I want to draw your attention to three. Can you hold up three fingers? I want to draw your attention to three instances where second was better than first. The second Adam was better than the first one. Anybody feel the Holy Ghost? Is it just me? In the book of Corinthians, Paul refers to Jesus Christ as the second Adam. 1 Corinthians 15.45, And so it is written, the first man Adam was made a living soul, and the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. The first man is of earth. The second man is the Lord from heaven. The first Adam sinned. The second knew no sin. Adam was from earth. Jesus was from heaven. Adam named the lamb, but Jesus was the lamb. Adam made mistakes, but Jesus never made a mistake. The first Adam was creation. The second Adam was the creator. Adam was the reason we were born into sin. But Jesus came to make a way of escape from sin. The second Adam was a whole lot better than the first one. Clap your hands to the Lord. Somebody lift up your voice right now. Somebody needs to shout right. We're almost done. Don't worry about it. You ought to go ahead and thank God for the second Adam. Thank God. Thank God for Calvary. Thank God that you're saved by the blood. Is there anybody in the house that's been saved by the blood of Jesus? There are people in here that were addicts. There were people so messed up. But because Jesus died, because Jesus cared about them, you're sitting here today. I was so messed up, but there was a second Adam that cared about me.
Somebody say, I'm saved by the blood. Nothing can save you but the blood of Jesus. There is nothing else stronger than the blood of Jesus Christ. There is nothing greater than Calvary. There's nothing greater than Christ and him crucified. I'm sorry, I just got excited thinking about Jesus for a minute. I got excited thinking about Calvary. The second birth is better than the first one. Somebody look at your neighbor and smile real big. Come on, look at him. Just smile, real cheesy smile. I'm not going to go on till you smile. I didn't say frown. Look at him, smile real big and say, I'm so glad you were born. My wife says that to me all the time. It makes me feel so good. I'm glad you were born. I'm like, well, my day's good. Nothing can mess me up now. Some of y'all so serious. You need to lighten up a little bit. I'm so glad you were born. I'm so happy that you're here today. I'm so glad that you came to church today. Did you know that? Did you know that when you come to church, I get excited about it? I love it when you guys come to church. Unfortunately, because Adam and Eve sinned, we were all born into sin. We can't control it. It's nothing we've done. It's not your fault. Let me look at names and say, it's not your fault. Adam and Eve got the bad end of the deal. We, we blame them for all that. You know, it's not my fault. It's Adam's and Eve's fault. They ate the fruit. I was just born into this. You know what I'm talking about? You know, I was born into this. I was born into sin. But the good news is that Jesus said that you could be born again. And this time you can be born without sin in your life anymore. John 3 and 5 says, Jesus answered Nicodemus. He said, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. It's not hard to be saved. Somebody say, it's not hard to be saved. You just have to be born again. And the Bible says that we're born of the water and we're born of the spirit. To be born of the water is to be buried in the name of Jesus Christ. The old man dies and the new man comes out of that water. And every, I don't care who you were. I don't care what you've done. When you come out of there, the old man is dead. Can I get a witness in the house? My old man is dead. There is nothing like being baptized in the name that is above every other name. Why wouldn't you want your sins washed away? Why wouldn't you want your past washed away? To be born of the Spirit is when we're filled with the Spirit of God. Like in the Bible, we speak with new tongues supernaturally as the spirit of God overflows out of you. It's like when the spirit of God gets in you, it just has to come out somewhere. It has to show you can't contain it. It gets inside your soul, honey, and it overflows out of your mouth and you begin to praise him in a language that you've never spoken before. And I'll say this, if you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, there's nothing like it. We'll baptize you in Jesus' name this morning. If you haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost yet, can you say yet? 
I always say that because you're going to get the Holy Ghost, no doubt about it. If at the end of this service, if you'll come up to this altar and if you'll lift up your hands and shout hallelujah, there's no, can I get a witness? Does anybody have the Holy Ghost? You see all these people right here? They're filled with the Holy Ghost. There's nothing to be ashamed about if you haven't been. You can be today. Do I have any pizza lovers in the house? Y'all, I just felt some of y'all respond more than any of the whole service right there. The Holy Ghost just fled through this place. I'm a pizza lover. Pizza is one of my favorite foods. And I like to order pizza. I don't really like to drive, go get it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm a little bit lazy. I'm like, I want pizza, but I don't want to go anywhere. But I don't really want to heat up pizza. I want good pizza. So I'm going to have them bring it to my house. And, you know, I'm one of those guys, I kind of sit by the window. Sister Rachel's like, honey, what you doing? I'm just waiting on the pizza guy. I'll be okay. Just, I'm fine. But have you ever had somebody bring you a pizza and they didn't have a box? It was just, they just, they just brought you the pizza. It was just sitting on their hands. You're pretty. You're like, what the hands been? What are you? What? I don't think I would buy that pizza. But there's this thing called a pizza box, and it's one of the greatest inventions of all time. You just can't beat the pizza box, and the box isn't worth much. It may be worth thirty cents, but when you put that pizza inside the box. All of a sudden, this box has all this value, and you're paying money for them to bring it to your house. And all the box has to do, it doesn't have to do much. All it has to do is it has to be empty, and it has to be clean. Sometimes it's like that when you're seeking the Holy Ghost. All you have to do to get the Holy Ghost is be empty and be clean. And if you'll be empty and be clean, God will add the value to the box. The value of the product is not determined by the box. The value of the box is determined by the product. God is living inside of us. I wasn't worth a whole lot. I was a sinner, but when Jesus filled me, if you'll be the vessel, God will be the value. If you'll be the vessel, God will be the miracle. If you'll just say, God, forgive me, I'm sorry, you can get the Holy Ghost. If you believe it, would you clap your hands to the Lord? Very quickly, very quickly. The second coming of the Lord will be even better than the first one. Hebrews 9 and 28. So Christ was offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time. How many are looking for him this morning? You can see if if you'll stretch up your hands, he'll touch you. You can see him this morning. But you've got to be looking for him. He says, those who look for me, I will come the second time. I 
I wasn't on earth when Jesus came the first time. I wasn't born yet. But God has an incredible second coming in store for me. Those of us who are here today, the first time he came as the sacrificial lamb. This time he's coming as the lion of Judah. The first time he came to save us. But this time he's coming to take us. The first time he said, you can't go with me. But this time he'll say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. I didn't get to see the faithful of Jesus the first time but I'm so glad that he's a God of seconds I didn't get to see him the first time but I get a chance I get a chance soon and very soon We are going to see the king. Stand with me all over the building right now. Stand praying. Stand lifting your voice. Don't just, whatever you do, don't just sit there. But God God wants to touch you again. If you'll look for him, he's going to help you see it. The second Adam was when he gave his life. The second birth was when you gave your life so that the second coming could bring everlasting life. There's a strong presence of the Holy Ghost. If you'll just lift up your hands, lift up your head to Jesus right now. If you'll lift up, somebody needs to lift up your voice. You're so worried about what people think. Just let your voice out. I'm not worried about what anybody thinks. You don't have to worry about it. Uh, Second can be better than first. He's a God of second chances. I don't know where you've been and I don't know what you've done, but you came to the right place uh, because he's the only one who offers a second that's just as good as the first. First one, Jesus. I'll never forget growing up that my my grandpa French, he loved to come visit, but he, he never liked to call to visit. He just liked to show up and love on you. And it was always a surprise when, when Grandpa French came to visit. And I remember one time we had gone out of town and, and Pastor was preaching out of town that weekend. And we got a, a phone call and it was Grandpa and he said, I'm here. And I'll never forget my dad saying, why didn't you tell me? We're not there. I would have changed my plans. I would have done something different. I didn't know that you were coming. Why wouldn't you tell me? And there are people here today. There are people all over the world on this beautiful Sunday morning that Jesus is coming back and they don't even know about it. And if somebody doesn't tell them about it, they're going to be sitting there going, why didn't somebody tell me? I would have changed my life. I would have changed the way I acted. I would, if, if I would have known, I would have changed. If I, if I would have known when he'd come, I would have done different. And I'm going to tell you what God sent me here to tell you this morning. If you haven't heard one thing I've said, the Bible says that you cannot enter into the kingdom of God unless you have been born again. 
And if you don't have the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, and if you have not been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you don't have to wait this morning. You can be ready to go. You don't have to live your life worried about it. You don't have to not. You can sleep sound at night. God gives you a sound mind. You can sleep good tonight. John 14 and 3, and I'm closing. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Calvary has opened the door to his kingdom and we have an opportunity to live with Jesus at his second coming because of the second Adam and because of the second birth we can be ready for the second coming of the Lord and so I'm going to open this altar is open but I want to I want to open this altar a little different today I want to open it with a question if Jesus came back today would you go to heaven? If you knew that you had 10 minutes before Jesus came back, what would you do? Who would you call? What would you say? How would you act? Would you worry about your clothes? Would you worry about your car? And would you worry about your mortgage? Would you walk to the altar and wait for the preacher? Or would you feel compelled to run? Would you laugh or would you cry? But I wonder if somebody in the house this morning would humble themselves. Whether you've been touched by God the first time. Or whether you just need him to touch you again. This altar is open right now. If you'll make your way quickly. God's trying to touch somebody. If you'll make your way very quickly. There are people here that need the Holy Ghost. There are people here that have not been baptized in Jesus name. But if you'll say, Lord, I know that you've touched me. <laughs> Lord, I know that you love me. But I need you to touch me again. I need you to bless me again. I saw you feed 4,000 people. But I need you to multiply this loaf of bread on this ship. I know that you've done it before. I know that you touched me yesterday. But I need you to touch me right now. Come on, everybody, lift up your voice right now. If you'll lift up your voice, if you'll lift up your voice and lift up your head and shout hallelujah. If you need the Holy Ghost, if you want us to pray for you, I want you to come right up to the front. Make room. If you want to be ready today, there's nothing to be ashamed about. Just come on up to this altar. Stand right here. We're going to pray. You're going to sleep good tonight. You're going to feel the presence of God today. You're going to get the Holy Ghost today. Come on, let's make room for those who need the Holy Ghost. Let's make room. All the way up here. Come on, all the way up here. I need people to help me pray right now. I don't need anybody looking around. I need somebody to help me pray. We have about five up here. I think there's a lot more people that need the Holy Ghost here today. And God can do it for you. There's a lot of people that need to be baptized. It's real easy. It's real easy to be saved.